Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Uh, so, today we're going to wrap up uh, chapter 10 of Luke. If you haven't been here, we have been going through the Gospel of Luke for about six months or so, maybe, uh, for quite a while. Uh, this will be actually our last message in Luke uh, for a little while. Uh, next week we'll do something uh, Thanksgiving-related. During the month of December, we'll talk about Advent a little bit, and then we were, we'll come back to Luke uh, in January. Uh, in light of kind of the holiday season and in light of th- the message today, which you'll understand more when we get into it, but I, I want to encourage everybody to slow down a little bit and just take some time to breathe <laughs> and just spend time uh, with family, uh, friends, whatever. Just relax a little bit. I think sometimes... Uh, the holidays become sort of a stressor because of everything that we have to do, and there's so much extra activity, you know, hosting and cooking and shopping and whatever, all that stuff. So just uh, allow yourself to take a little breather and, and relax a little bit. Uh, with that, uh, in uh, Luke chapter 10 today, this is another Pretty familiar passage. Most of us have, have read or uh, thought about this uh, story at one point or another. It's, it's the uh, occasion of Jesus visiting the home of Martha and Mary. Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus are, uh, co- are involved in several different passages. Two or three times they show up in the Gospels. They were friends of Jesus. Uh, in the Gospel of John, it said that Jesus loved them. Uh, they were uh, a family that he knew well and stayed in their home at different times. At one point, you remember uh, Jesus. Oh, well, hi. Thanks, man. It's a good son-in-law. Uh, Lazarus uh, got sick, and the girls, his sisters sent word to Jesus to come and he delayed, he didn't go right away, Lazarus passed away, and they were a little bit upset with him, and then, of course, he raises Lazarus from the dead. So, same family there. These are people that he knew really well. They're also people that Jesus spoke uh, pretty directly to, and pretty openly to. You know, sometimes Jesus speaks in parables, and he kind of has this way of, of, of being kind of mystical with, with people that he's talking with, but with Mar- Mary and Martha here today, in this particular passage, he's, he's very direct with them. Um, to introduce our, the, the topic or the, the passage today, I was thinking about an old movie back, I think, in the early 90s called City Slickers. Anybody remember City Slickers? Billy Crystal and a couple of his buddies are sort of New York uh, executive types, and they want to get away, so they go on this cattle drive. They go out west, and they're going to go on this cattle drive, and they meet this, uh, this old cowboy, this kind of crusty old cowboy named Curly. 
and, and Billy Crystal kind of develops this relationship with Curly. And at one point towards the end of the movie, uh, Curly says to Billy, I know the secret of life. And he says, you know the secret of life, what is it? And he goes, it's the one thing. If you can go to that, there it is, the one, that's Curly. He's a crusty old guy. So it's the one thing. And Billy goes, well, what is it? What's the one thing? He goes, well, I can't tell you. You've got to find out for yourself. So he, Curly knew there was one thing, uh, but he wouldn't share. But today, uh, Jesus is very open with Martha and tells her what the one thing is. And so our title today is The One Thing. And uh, I want to uh, read our, our passage together, and, and then we'll pray, and then we'll kind of take a look at it. So if you go to the, oh, it's already there. Look at that. So this is uh, Luke 10, beginning in verse 39. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and she asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but the few things are needed or... Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, Lord, help us to uh, today think about that one thing and the, the important thing that we need to be mindful of uh, th throughout our day and week, and especially uh, during a busy season like this. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but the, uh, the person that I identify most with in the story is Martha. I uh, honestly, I, I, I like to cook. Some of you have been over and you know that, but I also don't like it when things are messy and undone. And so I, I have a tendency to kind of do. I do stuff. I keep busy and, and, and get things done. Uh, were I living in first century Israel, that would not be the case because uh, it was a very patriarchal society. And so those sort of household responsibilities were solely the, uh, the job of the women. Uh, the, in addition, the, the women, women were not allowed to learn. So they couldn't sit and discuss and talk about uh, theology or scripture or things like that or anything really. Their, their job was to, to cook and clean and, and take care of, care of things around the house. And that's sort of uh, what Martha is doing here. She's sort of carrying the burden of that. Uh, and she says to Jesus, my sister has left me. So you get the implication, I think, that at one point Mary had actually been helping. Uh, she was part of the process. I don't think that uh, Mary didn't understand how things work. And I don't think that Mary was necessarily trying to get out of her responsibility. I think she was involved and very uh, willing to help out. But when Jesus arrives, that changes. Something shifts in Mary's mind and in her heart when Jesus is there. Again, this would be uh, somewhat culturally inappropriate because only men were allowed to learn. So for Mary to come and sit with Jesus and to be a part of the conversation there would have uh, kind of been out of bounds. She was kind of breaking the rules. And uh, I don't think, it doesn't seem to me that Mary really cared that she was breaking the rules. I think uh, it meant more to her to be able to be there with Jesus than to, to do anything else. I think it's kind of interesting. Martha doesn't say anything to Mary. Uh, she goes to Jesus. It's kind of like, 
she's going to tell dad. You know what I mean? Any kids ever do that? You're going to go tell dad on your siblings? And she says, to, and I like too that she doesn't ask. <laughs> she tells Jesus, tell her to help me. Um, in response, Jesus says, Martha, Martha. And he, he's not scolding her there at all. In fact, the, uh, the repetition is, is a uh, form of speech called a double vocative. And it's a term of endearment. It's when you say someone's name twice, it, it, it's uh, saying that you care about them, that you love them. Um, and uh, he doesn't tell her, hey, you know, you're wrong or you're out of line or anything at all like that. Uh, she, she's doing what's expected of her, and, and she knows that, and Jesus knows that. So very lovingly, he says, you know, you're, you're worried about a lot of things. Anybody relate to her? I think the uh, profound thing about this story is that Martha is everybody. We all have a tendency to worry about a lot of things. We worry about things that we can't change and do anything about. Sometimes we run around trying to cover all the bases and get everything done. And Jesus says Mary chose the better way. Um, really what Jesus is doing here, there's two things that are happening. He's inviting Martha into the situation that he and Mary are in to, just to come and be with him. And two things are happening. One is that he's being anti-patriarchal. He's breaking that sort of uh, patriarchal sort of wall or barrier, inviting uh, these women to come and be part of uh, this process of learning and growing in the Lord. But in addition to that, he's also just inviting her to come and, and to sit and to be with him. We uh, have a tendency to live in a very Martha-like culture. It's very busy. And there are always lots and lots of things to do. Dating back... Uh, as far as like the 30s and 40s, there, were, there was always this sort of this idea that technology was going to make life simpler for us. And there were even different companies that were creating inventions and appliances and things that were supposed to make life so much easier. And they were going to give us so much more time. So I, there's a couple of those here if you want to look at some of these. Go ahead. You can't see very well. This gal here, she's got a book and she's got a little snack and then she's got brushes on her feet. So she's mopping the floor while she's reading. So it's really quite good. Go, go, go to, there she is again. Now she, you, you can see she's got a little uh, attachment on the front of the broom, lifts the rug up. So she actually is sweeping things under the rug. It's very helpful. Not to be outdone. Go ahead and one more here. There's, there's uh, dad. He's, he's out uh, sweeping up some dirt, but you got to shovel so you can shovel the dirt and then the broom's attached to the shovel so you can sweep all in one movement. Don't need to go twice. Very cool. Ladies, that little uh, handheld blow dryer you have today, no. This, this thing right here will dry your hair in seconds. It will also probably fry your brain, I think, but it's pretty, pretty cool. I think there's a couple more there. Oh yeah, this guy, so uh, we had not, when this came out, we were not uh, doing space travel yet, but there was talk of it, thought we could get to the moon. This guy invented a moon suit. It's got legs that, are, that fold out, so you can actually sit down in the moon suit without taking it off, 
uh, and the hands are wrenches, so you can fix the spaceship while you're, while you're just out cruising around, whatever. That's pretty cool. This, I love. This is my favorite. You can't read the box, but that's the Reduce-O-Matic. And so if you want to lose a little weight, you do not need to go to the gym, don't need to change your diet. Get the Reduce-O-Matic. It's a personal sauna. You just sit in that, turn it on, blow it up, and, and you're, you're, you're good to go. I think there's one more. Oh, come on. Oh, there you go. This is my favorite. This guy uh, wants to smoke in bed, but he doesn't want to burn the house down. So he's got a little ashtray there. The cigarette is in the ashtray, and he's got this sort of hookah-like thing that goes up so he can smoke. He's also very concerned about time, so he sleeps in his suit. He's going to wake up in the morning, ready to go. He's got the uh, wedgie pillow there to elevate his back. Got the neck roll, the blindfold, and he's got that thing on his head, which I don't know what that is, but I'm sure that it's helpful. <laughs> so all of these things were created, or many of them created, the prediction was technology was going to give us so much more free time. And by the 70s, and I remember growing up in the 70s, predictions were that technology would streamline life so much that we would have more leisure time. It would shorten the work week. Uh, families would have more time together. Life would be so much easier because of technological advances. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Uh, today, here we are with all kinds of technology and all kinds of gadgets that will do just about anything we want for us. Uh, I know people whose entire homes are automated. Everything, the lights, the heat, everything goes on and off at different times. It's all set up, they don't have to touch anything. Uh, so we do have technology, we do have stuff to help life become more easy, and we do have more time on our hands, and what do we do with it? We work more, that's what we do. We work more. Here's a few fun facts. This is a survey that was done of just American workers in different occupations, not one occupation. It was done in 2013. Participants were asked to rank their stress on a scale of one to five. One in four, 25.7% to be precise, said their stress was at a level four. 4.9% 4 said it was a five out of five. Altogether, more than 70% of respondents ranked their stress at a level three or higher. Over 60% said they felt stressed three or more workdays per week on average. This means that on any given day, more workers are feeling stressed than not. This state really is the norm. Go to the next one. According to the Center for American Progress, on the topic of work and family life balance, in 1960, only 20% of mothers worked. Today, 70% of American children live in households where all adults are employed. I don't care who stays home and who works in terms of gender, work, opportunity, equality for all, it's a family choice. Either way, when all adults are working single or with a partner, it's a huge hit to the American family and free time in the American household. Go to the next one. The US is the only country in the Americas without a national paid parental leave benefit. The average is over 12 weeks of paid leave anywhere other than Europe and over 20 weeks in Europe. At least 134 countries have laws setting the maximum link of the work week. The U.S. does not, and that's, there's I think 195 or 196 countries in the world, so that's about 70% that do. In the U.S., 85.8% of males and 66.5% of females work more than 40 hours per week. 
According to the ILO International Labor Organization, Americans work 137 more hours per year than Japanese workers, 260 more hours per year than British workers, and 499 more hours per year than French workers. God bless the French. Using data by the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average productivity per American worker has increased 400 percent since 1950. One way to look at that, and this is the point uh, of what we said earlier, is that it should take only one quarter of the work hours or 11 hours a week to afford the same standard of living as a worker in 1950, or our standard of living should be four times higher. Is that the case? Obviously not. So with the advancement of technology and everything else that's happened uh, over the years, the Martha culture has grown. In the 1980s, uh, 1983, Time Magazine ran a cover article and it said, uh, stress is the epidemic of the 80s. 1996, 13 years later, stress-related illnesses had doubled during that 13-year period from the 80s to the 90s. By 2013, when this survey was done, it was estimated that, I don't even know how to, if I believe this or how to even take this, 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are stress-related. 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are stress-related. No show of hands, but let me just ask this question. Do you ever feel guilty just for taking a break? Do you ever feel like if you're not being productive, you should be doing something right now? We all do. First Timothy 6, Paul says that if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. That's what it says. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. Seriously? I'll be the first to admit that I probably would not be content with food and clothing. I guess it depends on the food, but. <laughs> and with that acknowledgement, I'll also say this, that I say this humbly, gently, and lovingly that I don't believe the life that most of us live is the life that God intended. I really don't. Jesus promises abundant life, and abundant life, he wasn't referring to quantity of stuff. He was referring to a quality of life that I think we're missing out on. There's a better way. Mary said no. She sat down quietly at the feet of Jesus, and she did what a lot of us are not willing to do. She pushed back against the system a little bit and said, you know what, I'm not going to take another shift. I'm not going to work overtime. I'm not going to stay late. I'm going to sit right here with Jesus. So again, as we kind of get into the holiday season, this is my pastoral encouragement to you. Relax a little. Spend some time with Jesus Doing absolutely nothing. Look, pray, that's fine if you want to pray. You don't have to. Read a little bit if you want to read. Listen to some music. Go for a walk. I don't know if, if it's just me or if it's legit, but it seems to me that the fall color this year has been 
unbelievable. I literally, I was kind of proud of myself. We have this beautiful tree in our backyard. It changes colors. And I, I just went out there and stared at it for about five minutes the other day. Just, just chill. Just take some time out. Relax a little bit. Um, can I make a, a generational observation without ticking anybody off? Can I do that? I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, we'll see, won't we? Here, here, here's, here's my generational observation. My generation, the baby boomers, were, were very driven. A very driven generation. It's all about uh, bigger house, better car, cooler stuff. That's really what it was about. The, the next generation following us, the, sort of the buster generation, uh, didn't totally buy into that. They kind of took a step back and they started doing weird things like going to college to get an education rather than to get a degree, to get a better job, to make more money. They went just to learn stuff. Weird. Today's generation, the millennials, I think sometimes get a bad rap because this is the kind of thing I hear sometimes is they lack motivation or they're not focused. This is my observation is that they don't lack motivation and aren't unfocused. They're just motivated and focused on other things. And I think they're pushing back against the system a little bit. This is what I've seen. They're more interested in relationship than in the acquisition of goods. I, I'll be honest. I'm very proud of our young people here in, in our church. Uh, they're very faithful. They serve. They work hard. And they hang out all the time. And I love that about them. Can I, the, the biblical image of our relationship with Jesus is a marriage, right? It's, we're the bride of Christ. In a, in a, mar- a marriage is a unique relationship, and it requires effort, attention, affection, investment, right? Uh, and sometimes, and we talk about this in marriage, it's, it's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work, and it, and it is. All those, all those things are true. But for a marriage to be healthy, <coughs> sometimes you have to spend time together doing absolutely nothing with no agenda. Yes, there's stuff to do and you need to do things together. Maybe you do a project together or whatever. I don't know. But sometimes for it to be, to be really healthy, you have to spend time doing nothing, just being together. And look, in life, not just in marriage, in life, there's plenty to do, right? And there's a lot to do. And, and I get that. And we all need to participate. And we talk a lot about that here. We want people to serve. We want, we, we want people to help out. We want, we want to do kingdom stuff. And all that's important. But, but look, we cannot, we cannot do that to the exclusion of just being. It, 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 it's not sustainable in the long run. So, so what, do we, what do we do? How do we, how do we push back and be a little more Mary-like? One thing I would say is just listen a little bit. Take time to listen. Listen to the Lord and allow him to speak into your life. And look, you know, here, in your prayer time, and I, I, however you approach devotional life or prayer, I don't care. It doesn't, there's, I, there's no right or wrong. If you get up and do it first thing in the morning, last thing at night, if you pray where you walk, whatever, I don't care how you do it, but let me say this. If your prayer time is all talking, you're doing it wrong. There, there has to be a point at which you stop talking and just listen and allow the Lord to speak into your heart. And, and here's the other thing I think we get caught up in. We listen to the Lord 
and, and we, we feel like we need to get this profound revelation, this deep wisdom and insight. I don't think that's the case. I think sometimes he just wants to say, hey, I love you. Something simple. Listen to yourself. Uh, you know, sometimes 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are stress-related. Good grief. Sometimes your body will tell you you need a break. And most of us will ignore that. But listen to that. Listen to your spouse, listen to your friends, and, and be willing to take time out. I, I said earlier, you know, go for a walk. And, and here's, a, I'm a, here's a deal. If you go for a walk, don't power walk. Don't take a, a step meter or a calorie counter, okay? Uh, don't do it to exercise, okay? I, exercise is good. We all need to exercise. But I mean just take a walk just to walk. And just, just be quiet and just listen and be outside a little bit. Pray if you want to pray. That's okay. Um, I, I think we can read a little bit. And I, I know that uh, some of you are readers. Some people like to read. Some people don't like to read. And I get that. But I would encourage you, even if you're not a reader, to take some time and just read something devotionally. Uh, and it, don't read anything deep and profound just, uh, you know, the Andrew Murray in the School of Prayer, Tozier, things like that. This, I'll get, this is my recommendation for the day. N.T. Wright is a theologian, and some of his stuff is super heady. It's great. I love it. This is not. This is his little book, The Lord and His Prayer. It is so good. So, so good. You could probably, it's, it's like for old people, it's huge print. And so um, you could read the whole thing in a half hour, but don't. Just read a, 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 you know, a little section each day for a week or whatever. Uh, and just spend time in it and just let it soak in a little bit. I think, um, you know, rest. Rest is so important. If, if, if you don't like to read, you can do what I do sometimes, which is don't read a book like this. Find something that's super hard to read and really, really deep, you know, and then you read like two pages and fall asleep. Uh, that's, that's, that's my plan, to go to sleep sometimes. I just, I'm going to read this because I know I'm not going to get very far. And just, just be willing to, to rest a little bit. Here's the thing. If you guys want to come back up, I'm almost done. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, right? Well, like I said last week, I actually did get my Greek interlinear out this week, and I looked up all. And it means all. Everything will be added to you. We don't need to worry about anything if we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness first. So why don't we stand, and I just want to say this. As we go into, we're going to worship uh, for a little bit, and I'll ask our prayer team to go to the sides uh, during worship time. But as we go into ministry today, (coughs) I think God wants to speak to some of us. And I think he wants to speak to some of us in a double vocative. He, he, he wants to say, Martha, Martha. You know, he, 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 he wants to speak your name twice. And I want you to listen and see if you don't hear the Lord speak your name twice. And that way of just, it's so tender and it's so loving. It's not a scold. It, it, it's, it's just, hey, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come, Lord Jesus. Thanks again for listening. 
If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.